Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're joined by Kwame Asante, and it's an awesome episode. He was a fantastic guest. He's from Accra, Ghana, and he shared with me so much about the city, country, and the culture. Today, I, I totally want to visit Ghana after this, especially in December. You'll find out why in this episode. And ever since our recording, I've been listening to the playlist Afrobeat Essentials on Spotify. It's an incredible playlist. Go listen to it. Kwame shared with me some great music, and uh, it's just fantastic. This conversation was such a pleasure. Please enjoy. You can follow Kwame on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Asante. Let's begin. Welcome to Rich Conversations. This is going to be another great episode. We have Kwame Asante here, and he's from Ghana. He's from Ghana, Accra, Ghana, and I... I'm so excited for this. I want to learn more about Accra because um, if you've been listening before, you know, I like just learning about the world. I'm curious about a lot of things. I have this obsession with the Global Cities Index and just like researching statistics on countries and Ghana keeps coming up. So I'm like very curious to learn more about it, the culture and the people. Um, something I'm really curious about lately is quantitative data versus qualitative data. And to really get the qualitative data, you have to talk to people and better understand where people are coming from, what things are actually like on the ground. So we have Kwame here to, to tell me more about Ghana. Um, this is awesome. Why, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you reached out to me to talk about Ghana. Um, my name is Kwame Asante Ofori. Everyone calls me Kwame Asante or Mr. Asante. I'm a radio producer, um, podcast producer, and yeah, that's basically it. All around creative, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing a number of different things. So right now yes. you're in Arlington, Virginia, right? Yes, yes, where I'm currently based. But for all you detractors, I go home at least once a year. So yes, I'm <laughs> much in tune with what is happening back home every year. Yeah, that is, wow, that's awesome. And uh, so you've only spent the last eight years in the United States, right? And then you go, yes. go home every year? Yes, if, um, I've been here. I officially moved to the U.S. Um, eight years ago, but at least once a year. Um, there have been years where I've gone twice. I definitely make a trip back home because, I mean, I have part of my family here, part of my family back home. So, you know, balance it out. Yeah. I'm. Some of your photos strike me, like uh, on mm -hmm. your Instagram. They're really cool. There's mm -hmm. just like stuff that I don't see typically. And the clothing that you wear is awesome. And like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are the people of Ghana like? <sighs> well, the people of Ghana, they're a mixed bag. Uh, you could get anything at any time. But one thing they are for sure is they're a colorful bunch. So Ghanaians, you know, like to have fun. They are very hospitable. That's one thing that we are known for in the region. And 
Yeah, just a fun-loving people. They can be conservative sometimes, but, you know, for me, if you ask me personally, I think that's all just a cover, you know? <laughs> Wait, say that yeah. again? I'm saying Ghanaians like to, you know, act conservative, but if you okay. ask me, I think all of that is just a cover. Because really, <laughs> underneath it all, they love to have fun yeah, and be themselves. Okay. Uh, what would you say they value most? What do Ghanaians value most? Um, I would say their their culture and culture in a dynamic way. So, uh, you know, Ghanaians, like I said, are known for being hospitable people and they don't compromise on it. So example for you, Rich, if you are to go to Ghana right now, and meet a family the first thing they'll offer you is water and you dare not reject that water even if you're not thirsty <laughs> you have to drink it <laughs> yeah so they like to make you know guests feel very comfortable people they don't know so um definitely that's that's one thing that you note about a Ghanaian be it back home in Ghana or in the diaspora wow yeah well so so when you're okay, so you've been living in the United States in Virginia, yeah. DC area. When yeah. when you travel back and mm-hmm. you spend time there, when you first like get back, what what strikes you most? What do you notice? When you go back home for I mean, because I go often, nothing would strike me crazy, but for a first timer. The heat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the heat would, would that'll be the first thing you would feel. Um, it's summer all year round. And um another thing that would strike you is the smiling faces. The like I said, they are very welcoming of foreign people. Um, the next thing that would strike you is the traffic. The traffic. <laughs> okay. Yes, brace yourself for a whole lot of traffic. But aside that, there's good food, you know, there's great music and yeah, all around just, you know, beautiful people. What, what colors, what, what, colors. what colors do you see most when you're there? Um, for those who are listening, I mean, for those who can't see me, red. <laughs> so I have a red bandana on, but um, if I'm to be specific with colors, I'll just say bold colors. You know, Ghana okay. is the land of kente. Um, for those of you who know the kente cloth, um, very bold colors are used in weaving the kente cloth. So you have gold, you know, dark green, blue. So just bold, um, strong, striking colors. That's what you're definitely going to see when you get to Ghana. Okay. Uh, what, how do people in like, outside of Accra, how are they different from the residents of Accra? The residents of Accra, they are rural. So just like any rural, you know, um, bunch you'd see, say, in Japan, um, Russia, even here in the States, like, just as any rural person would behave, uh, the same way, you know, someone in Ghana who's rural would uh, behave as well yeah yeah so so is there but as a whole as a country they share the same culture and they're still like the same 
same values and same people, right? Um, just hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you repeat that, please? Sorry. Yeah. So, um, like something I think about is how different, like how different and how similar people in like rural America are versus like mm -hmm. urban America. Is yeah, there, yeah. is there that same, is there that big of a difference between the people that live in rural Ghana versus urban? Well, there, there is, yeah, I mean, there is. With the advent of social media, there isn't too much difference because they definitely are in tune with what's happening in the city. But there is, the difference would be, um, they love to live a simple life, really. So unlike being in Accra or Kumase, or Tamale, which are some of the biggest um, cities in Ghana, or the bigger cities in Ghana, if you if you will. Um, people are more, you know, cosmopolitan. They live that, you know, cosmopolitan life. Yeah. But in the villages, they would, you know, just live a simple life. Wake up in the morning, just go about their, you know, their chores. Go to school with their kids. Um, for the adults they are into farming and you know simple trade so they'll just indulge in that come home you know do some more chores and then yeah maybe sit around have dinner with your family tell some stories you know just simple life yeah it's nice yeah what uh what kind of sounds are you hearing when you go back like on the streets what what's all going on well for sounds if you are to enter the the Ghana realm, you would be lucky because you know Ghana is the birthplace of high life, and high life is the root of Afrobeats. So currently, Afrobeats oh. is like the biggest craze. Whiskey, Davido, um, Burner Boy, they are like the mantle bearers of Afrobeats right now. But all of them would agree that high life is the root of Afrobeat. So you would be going to the original source, like the source of beautiful music in that West African region. So yes, definitely highlight music, live band music would be meeting you. Um, some Afrobeats, but Ghanaian style and yeah, hip life. Hip life too is the bird, uh, the Ghana is the birthplace of hip life. So, you know, hip life is a, a, a marriage of rap music and then high life sounds. So high yeah, life sounds yeah wow. high life high life that's what they call it back home how okay so culturally how does ghana differ from the countries surrounding it uh, hmm. culturally ghanians i mean if i'm to go on the personable cultural end uh ghanians are a bit more laid back you know, okay. take life, you know, much easier. Um, unlike Nigerians who are much more hot-blooded and are always on the go. Like, Nigeria is like New York. Okay. And then Ghana is like uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, hopefully okay. you can make that, yeah, to make it easier for you to break down. Yeah, New York is always on the move. Like, there's always something. That's, they never sleep. They are always about their, you know, their money but then i mean 
for Accra is more laid back. They'll do what they have to do, but mm-hmm. you know, it's there's something called Ghana Man time, even like you, yes. And one thing, if you go to Ghana and schedule a meeting for two, just buy yourself some extra time. It's not gonna happen <laughs> <at> too. <laughs> so yeah, that that is very culturally ingrained in the Ghanaian. Not because they are being disrespectful and not obeying the time, but it's just they are just a laid back bunch. That's it. So what was what was it like? What was your experience like when you came to the United States for the first time? Like what what expectations did you have? What did you think you would have for an experience? And uh, what did it turn out to be? Well, um, hmm. I mean, before I officially moved here to the States, I had visited a couple of times. But then when I, I mean, that was vacation, you know, that was yeah. just coming to have fun for like two weeks and then go back. So really there was nothing, you know, crazy going on. Yeah. But when I moved here and I, like I had to start life, like living, being a part of that American fabric, it was challenging actually, <laughs> because one um, a, a, a silly example, back home because we were colonized by the British, um, cookies are called biscuits, right? Okay. Yeah. But then in this country, a biscuit is something different. It is, yeah. It's like, yeah. So, you know, I would go to the store and then I would go like, oh, I'm trying to get like biscuits. And then they'll look at me funny like, wait, what? Like biscuit? Are you trying to bake a biscuit? I'm like, no, I'm trying to buy biscuits like <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was you know those are some of the few cultural differences um just the difference in speak um being from a british formerly colonized british space and then the americans having a different you know style and then um just how things work uh, in this country um everything is efficient and mm. actually that yeah that gets crazy sometimes because you know if you miss your bus at two <laughs> mm. you're not going to make it on time for something so you have to make sure you are there at two to catch the bus so yeah things like that yeah it's interesting where, where else have you traveled to uh well i'm not as traveled so for me ghana exploring ghana because ghana is a big place I've been to Nigeria and then here. Yeah. So basically that's about it. Yeah, those are the areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what do you appreciate most about Ghanaian culture? How do you say it? Ghanian? Ghanian. Ghanian culture. Yeah, Ghanian culture. Um, what do I appreciate about Ghanaian culture? Well, it's rich. I mean, Ghanaian culture is rich and has, it's, it's really the bedrock of a lot of things. So in this country, example, I'll see people who are, you know, graduating fresh from college, um, black Americans who would have like a shawl over their neck with the kente. That's, you know, did some of them don't even realize where that fabric or, uh, you know, what it means to have the kente in there. So I look at them like, Oh, that's the kente cloth was originated from my country. So I smile at that. And sometimes I try and educate some of them who don't know this. Um, just being, you know, I'm just proud that Ghana is a bedrock for a lot of things. Like 
Afrobeats mm-hmm. and um, the fact that, um, you know, high life is the bedrock for Afrobeats and even for Afrobeat without an S, which, uh, you know, uh, Fela Kuti is the proponent for. He was in Ghana a lot of the times um, during the 60s and 70s. Just, you know, learning from Ghana, picking those sounds and then developing the Afro beat, which, you know, he's very much known for. So just my country being a bedrock for so many things and, you know, so much learning for other people from, you know, within the West African region and other African countries. Yes. Okay. Name some of the uh, Afro beat artists. Afrobeats um, artists, eh, Brenner Boy, you know, um, is a he won the Grammy recently, and then there's uh, Wizkid, who is on tour right now, you know, breaking bounds. He sold out the O2 Arena in London. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> he sold out three times in the space of a month so that's something <laughs> wow yeah and then um that was with kid and then there's davido who had one of the biggest songs i, I think three years ago um okay. titled if um one of the biggest to me most of the radio stations in the urban areas and here in the united states were playing his song and that was the first for an african artist so these are the proponents for Afro beats as we speak now. So if you hear Afro beats, there's one usually with an S that's like the new age. And then the Afro beat okay. without the S is from the 60s, 70s, where, you know, Felakuti was a proponent for, he's usually known for that. Yeah. What kind of music do you listen to? Eh, I would say I listen to all kinds of music. So pop music. Um, I love listening to Ariana Grande and Bruno Mars. Okay. These are yeah, my okay. two favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Here in the States. Um, I'll listen to Dua Lupa, who is European, but, you know, mm-hmm. she's also big in the States. Adele, um, back on the continent. Um, there's so many artists on the continent that I would listen to. Uh, let me see. There's Casper Nuvest from South Africa. There's Mikasa from South Africa. For Ghana, I'll listen to Reggie Rockstone. He's like the grandfather of hip life. Um, there are a couple of new artists, like there's, uh, who else? There's so many artists I'm trying to remember right now. What, what, it, what are the uh, three artists that you're listening to a lot lately on your Spotify? I imagine, do you use Spotify? <sighs> yes, sometimes I do. Yeah, sometimes I listen to music on YouTube music as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The artists I'm listening to currently heavy on rotation. Yeah, Oxlade. yeah, heavy rotation. Yeah, Oxlade. Oxlade is, he's a Nigerian Afro R&B artist, O-X-L-A-D-E. Um, then there's Reynolds the Gentleman. Yeah, Reynolds the Gentleman, it's... Um, he is also an Afro R&B artist from Ghana. Um, okay. He has a new project out and I've been listening to it over and over and over. And then 
I have been listening to a lot of ama piano music from South Africa. So Casper okay. Nuvest, um, who is a South African rapper, but is trying to venture into that ama piano scene. And then other ama piano artists, Jules, um, he's a Ghanaian British guy. He, I'm excited for his new album out. He has beautiful music. He blends sounds from all over the continent and it makes for beautiful sounds. Juice is J-U-L-S. Okay, so you mentioned like the continent. Like, yeah. Now, with, so Africa is a very large landmass and continent, yeah, right? So Ghana is just a small part of that. Do you mm -hmm. feel or does Ghana feel connected to the rest of the continent, even though the cultures are so different and everybody's off on their own, you know? That's a good question. Um, every, everybody, you know, because Ghana, historically, because Ghana was the first country um, in Sub-Saharan Africa to gain independence, everyone recognizes Ghana as you know, that country, you know, that, oh. you know, yes, the home of Kwame Nkrumah, who was, you know, almost like the godfather of Pan-Africanism. So everybody knows Ghana on the continent. And during, you know, the period where Africa was trying to gain independence from its colonial powers, Nkrumah did a lot to try and help with that, you know, process. So how how do you spell his name? Kwame Nkrumah, K-W-A-M-E, my first thing. <laughs> and then Nkrumah, the last name is N-K-R-U-M-A-H. Okay. Yes, yeah, so because of the, the significant role Kwame Nkrumah played on the continent, everyone gives Ghana its flowers as that country that we all respect. So they call it the Black Star of Africa, you know. Mm. So yes, on, on that note, other countries, you know, give us that respect. But um, in modern times, Ghana being connected to the rest of Africa, I wouldn't say so as much. Um, on the Western Front, so West African coast, the mm -hmm. ECOWAS block, yes, definitely Ghana is, you know, is in tune with a lot of the African countries on that West African coast. But for Ghana and the rest of Africa, talking about Northern Africa, Eastern Africa, and the Southern Africa, I think there's more work to be done when it comes to that, especially with the role we played historically. I think we can do a better job with trying to, you know, become like in tune with the rest of the continent. Yeah, that's interesting. So would you say like other African countries look at Ghana as for like leadership in a way, because it was the first to gain independence. I didn't catch that. Look at Ghana for what? Leadership. Like is, would you consider like them a top leader in the continent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely they do. Um, recently the African Union, which is like the European Union, mm -hmm. um, set up the um, AFTA, which is the African trade block. Um, and I think they have over 40 something signatories out of the 54 countries. So, um, and its headquarters was designated to Ghana. So that alone should tell mm. you the importance yeah. Ghana plays 
on uh, on the continent. So yes, they do definitely look to Ghana um, when it comes to democracy and style of democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's judicial style, and you know sometimes even on the cultural sense. And on a lighter note, the music. <laughs> Even though Nigeria is beating us right now. <laughs> Wait, say that again. I said, and sometimes on the music, you know, even though Nigeria is beating us right now, yes, definitely on the music side too, sometimes they do look up to us. So Ni- Nigerian has got, got the edge musically right now? Oh, yes. Nigeria is, has, has unlocked the key to music business. And really? And it's flying the African flag high all over the globe. Yes, I would say um, Nigerian artists are some of the biggest artists globally, full stop, as it stands now, yeah. So how does that work? So a lot of the music industry then is kind of centered in Nigeria then? On the West African front, yes. Definitely, I can say that a lot of the music business happens in Nigeria as we speak. But then um, recently, I think the Southern African front is also pushing with the uh, Amapiano sound. So Amapiano, A-M-A-P-I-A-N-O is also, you know, breaking through on the continent and globally. And that is being propelled heavily by their DJs. So, mm. yes, I, I know the South Africans are also pushing, but as it stands now, you know, with Burner Boy's Grammy win and Wizkid breaking all sorts of records, you know, the Nigerians are still in the league comfortably. What, who are some of your, like, top influences, like African influences, not just musically, but just, like, people that you've learned from, let's say, a, like, a role model? Hmm. <laughs> That is interesting. Um, African influences, known or there can be some unknowns in there. Either way. <sighs> okay, so African influences. Uh, let me let me start from home because you know home is where yeah. the influence usually is heaviest. I would say one of our former presidents. Um, President John Ajekum Kufour. Um, the reason why I, I, I was influenced by him, it's, it's really nothing but his tenacity, um, if you ask me. Because at the time he became president, uh, he inherited a country, which is Ghana, um, which was classified as a highly indebted poor country. And by the time he was done seven, um, his two terms, that's eight years, um, Ghana had now become like a lower to middle income earning country. So basically everybody in that country was at least comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that was just beautiful to watch because those were my heaviest formative years, you know, as a young boy who was about nine or 10 years, you know, and then all the way to when I was say about 18 or so. Okay. You know, it was it was just beautiful to watch. And it 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 was beautiful leadership to me. I mean, people might have different ideas to how he ruled, but um at least I want to believe every Ghanaian has that general consensus that indeed John Ajekum Kufo or former president John Ajekum Kufo 
did lead in a style that was, you know, something to emulate across the continent. Mm-hmm. So yes, definitely him. Um, who else? I had a lecturer in the university. Um, his name was um, Mr. Ko Ama, K-O-O. And then his last name was A-R-M-A-H. He, I, I studied uh, English. I have a Bachelor of Arts okay. in English. So he was the literature um, lecturer. And he carried us through the four years of our degree. Um, he was, he taught me free thinking. I, I must say, I must credit him for that because um, he would come in and say things like, um, the, the, the English language has a lot of rules, but has no rules. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> you get it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like this is the kind of lecture I had and it will get you thinking, you wonder why you would say that. And for a young university student, you know, trying to just pass my exams and get out of the university. Yeah. <laughs> like he got me thinking about a lot and he made me understand what it meant to just learn beyond your books actually learn to be a better person be you know a critical thinker so yeah yes and he definitely influenced me on that front heavily unfortunately he's he's late he passed like five years ago so okay yeah definitely koama was that man for me the third person hmm on this one i have to think uh on the continent, who? <laughs> uh, ooh, 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 ooh. There are so many people to pick from. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to think and see when you're who, out of spot. Yeah, this is you making me sweat bullets. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, the continent. Huh. I would say Mikasa. Um, I'll, I'll just have to branch back into because music plays a heavy part for me in my life. I would say Mikasa, M I space C A essay um okay. yeah south african group um the reason why i'd say they influence uh, me in a way is apart from making great music um south african house music um they they really are a blueprint for what it means to come together as a people to produce some of the best in each of us because their lead singer is a white South African and then they have a trumpeter and then this other person in there who are black South Africans. And when you see the synergy they have as a group, it's just beautiful to watch. And they understand the role and the strength each of them have. And then when it comes together, it's just, you know, great music. And for me, I feel like for Africa to move forward, we definitely need to understand each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses and build on that, you know, try and create a space where we all become, you know, great at what we do and help each other where we fall short. But 
unfortunately, I'd say that is not happening as much as it should. We are trying, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. Like when you say that, what what do you mean by like come together and that it it could be better? Like so, example. Um, there are some African countries that if I'm to fly from Accra to that African country, I have to make a transit stop in Europe. Okay. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. You understand? Yes. So people used to complain a lot. Like it, some of the African countries, like me flying from say Accra to Joburg, it's an expensive ticket. Yeah. You no, know, it's almost equal to me flying from Accra to London. But London is a whole other city on another continent. Mm -hmm. But then Joburg is on the African continent. I understand yeah. Africa is a land, is, is a huge landmass, but it's six hours to Joburg, six hours to, six hours to London. Why is it cheaper for me to fly to London than to Joburg? Yeah, it doesn't. So if yes, it doesn't make sense. So if we are to come together as you know a continent and understand, hey. We need to be communicating. We need to be in each other's space, teaching each other, understanding each other. We will make it easier for each other to, you know, bridge that gap on communication and, you know, reaching out to, to each other and being in each other's spaces to learn from each other, really. A whole continent like Africa doesn't have a metro rail that links the whole continent. We don't have, like, uh, you know, airlines that, link the whole continent i know ethiopian airlines is trying but and kenyan airways to trying. but you know it could be better i'm not saying it's so bad that like there's no hope they are trying certain entities are trying but if we are to get to you know that stage of um, 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 um you know comfort i feel like the whole continent should be in a space of we are doing this as a collective, not individuals just picking and choosing how they can help with this movement. Yeah, so it's like infrastructure in a way where yeah, if you're able to get around more quickly and more efficiently in the country, you're going to be more mm -hmm. willing to do business with each other, to uh, share each other's cultures, to learn more yes. about each other's people. And uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have any, uh, are there any countries in Africa that you're really curious about and would like to travel to? Um, hmm. Country I am curious about on the continent. Definitely Angola. Angola? Yes, Angola. And I'll explain. I know anyone who is West African listening to me will go like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Angola because, you know, they, they were under the Portuguese flagship when we were all under colonial rule. And um, one, they are just one of the few countries on the continent who speak, you know, Portuguese. And they are culturally very different. Um, almost like Namibia, we hardly hear of them and what their culture entails and you know what they are about. I don't even know what you know their favorite national dish is. I don't know if there are a million you know languages in there. All I know is they speak Portuguese. I don't even know what 
your local languages sound like. So mm-hmm. if I had the opportunity, definitely um, I would want to get to know more about Angola, you know, beyond us knowing, oh, they are that country in Africa that speaks Portuguese. Interesting. Angola. Yeah. What country do you feel like that you've never been to in Africa, but you feel like you know a lot about, about them? Nigeria, of course. Our cousins, Nigeria. <laughs> Definitely. Because we are different culturally, but we are very similar people. Yeah. We have different cultures, but very similar people on a level. Um, we Both countries um, have um, pigeon. Um, so there's Nigerian pigeon and Ghanaian pigeon. Um, pigeon is like uh, a blend of three um, languages. So a local dialect, English, and then, uh, no, actually, yeah, broken English, English, and then local dialect. Yeah, that's what makes up pigeon. And there's Nigerian pigeon, there's Ghanaian pigeon, but some way, somehow, we understand each other. That's a, one of the ways we communicate with each other. Nigeria, Ghana, yes. It, from music to everyday uh, communication, yes. Once a Nigerian who is maybe Igbo or Yoruba is coming to Ghana, or once someone in Ghana is going to Nigeria, they know they can speak to you know someone who is in the rural area through Pigeon English and not be worried a person probably can't speak you know fluent everyday English. So. Definitely Nigeria. I've been there once, but even before I went there, I felt like, yeah, like I know them. <laughs> yeah. I hear a lot about Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Most populous country in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what you said before about them being similar to New York and that hustle mm-hmm. and always on the go mm-hmm. reflects yeah. a lot of like what I've been reading. And like mm-hmm. what, I, what I've been seeing. Mm-hmm. Back, back to Accra. So mm-hmm. if you have an open day, what, what would you mm-hmm. be doing there? Back home in Accra? Yeah. Open day to mean like a free day, not necessarily working or anything. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. If I had an open day, I would say... Accra during the day and Accra at night are two different things, like two different worlds. <laughs> so Accra during the day is more um, beach life, you know, visiting family and friends or like going on an expedition to uh, one of our historical sites or nature sites, you know, that's Accra. Um, during the day or let me say ghana during the day but accra at night is so famous (laughs) that (laughs) december in accra ghana has become like what ibiza during the summer is in europe so everyone who is anyone is trying to get to accra especially people in the diaspora and some black americans here in the states and in um, Europe are trying to get to Accra during December because it's a whole lot of fun. Accra nightlife is, is crazy. They're just to just to call it in a nutshell, it's fun, a lot of music, a lot of dancing, a lot of meeting new people, networking, 
you get to see a lot of big artists um, come through. Um, British artists like Steph London, um, the the usual Afrobeat artists like Wizkid. Wizkid basically has a house in Accra as we speak. He's a Nigerian artist, but he loves Accra so much. He has a home in Accra. Um, for US um, popular stars, we have Boris Kujo, who is in Ghana most Christmas, almost every Christmas since I think three years ago. Um, yeah, so Accra nightlife is that space for a lot of diasporans and Africans um, in general. Really? So you said in December, the month of December? Yeah, in December, yes, in December. If you are to get to Ghana in December, definitely you are going to experience that. But on a normal day, yes, Accra nightlife is Accra nightlife, you know, very fun. But in December, it's just amplified with all the personalities around and all that. Wow. Why December? Why did why is it December? Because Ghanaians love their Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ghanaians love their Christmas. I mean, since I was a kid, Christmas was something else. Like we would have family gatherings. There will always be um, a pound cake available. Um, there'll be soda for the kids families would meet on the 25th 26th actually 24 25th 26th 27th and the 31st these five days you would always have family members around just drinking playing games eating you know just catching up with life and it was consistent like that for as long as I can remember it's still something that goes on yeah, back home. So Ghanaians do love their Christmas. So if that is the case, and <laughs> imagine the nightlife. So it just, you know, evolved into that Accra, Ghana nightlife, Christmas time where already we are trying to have fun with our family. And then now there's this huge interest because of, you know, the music, the culture for all of these people to come in. So we are just going to give them that hospitality and just let everyone have like a big party welcome party during the christmas year my birthday is december 27th you should be in ghana then. <laughs> i think i should what, what are yeah, people drinking what do people drink there uh, they would drink everything anything so it depends on what you want so if you want your usual cocktails american style there are bars that offer that if you want the local drinks there are um beers um that there are a lot of when you go to ghana another thing you notice is there are a lot of drinking spots on like across scattered across the city so someone would have like a, a kiosk in a corner and then a couple of chairs and tables in front of the kiosk about five tables and then each table has like like four chairs yeah so you have that with like some music playing from the kiosk People just sitting around, you know, each table, four of them, five of them, two of them, just having a local beer. Ghanaian beer is one of the best I've tasted, and I've tasted a lot of beer. Heineken inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ghanaian beer club. They call it club, yeah. It's, it's one of the best. So you find people doing that, drinking a club, or uh, the Nigerians introduced uh, a type of beer made with herbs. Tastes great. Um, I'm forgetting the name right now. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it right now. But yeah, you know, people do enjoy the local brews 
and you'd find them doing that at their local spots as they call them just enjoying some you know live band music or you know music in general just catching up yeah wow so so there's just like kiosks with some some tables and chairs and you can just like pull up yeah so it's um it's like it's, a, it's like a kiosk yeah really so it's in different sizes so some of them are small with maybe three tables and then you know some chairs around the tables and then range into a large space with you know uh, the bar and then about mm, 20 tables each table having at least four chairs so it ranges in you know sizes and space it depends on the space you have really okay what what month do you usually go there when you when you take vacation christmas for sure <laughs> so, so december you're always going back yes but this december unfortunately i cannot make it so okay. um i will go next year first quarter yeah okay mm -hmm. tell me about tell me about the show you have sincerely acro right yes and so, you're you're like one of the top spotify spotify africa shows yeah in 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 ghana we are ranked spotify um full stop ranks our podcast the number one podcast in ghana full stop called oh, full stop right yes in ghana okay. we are the number one podcast full stop huh yeah what do you I'm guys not, talk I'm not about? I'm this out of out of my pocket. <laughs> this is this is fact. <laughs> Anyone can Google it. Yeah, just go on Spotify, Apple, um, and just look for "Sincerely Accra," and you'll find us there. Um, what do we talk about? Um, the show has evolved. We've been in business for about three years now, and when we started, it was you know, it's vox pop driven. So at least then, until COVID hit. So when we were heavy on the Vox Pops, what we would do is we would pick a topic of interest to Ghanaian youth. Okay. So uh, we'll talk about um, what are your pet peeves all the way to, um, you know, if you had um, say $10, which is about 50 to 60 CDs, um, that's the name of our currency, the CD um how would you and you had to go on a first date how would you okay. spend that ten dollars you know so topics like that um sometimes we would go political like what do you think about your member of parliament you know okay. and then we would go around you know the street i'm here so the host was um joseph would go on the streets with you know his mic and just collect you know vox pops really from places from church to a bar to anywhere he can find anyone and then just collect these answers and we realized that people had a lot to say and it was even better because there was no camera so people okay. would get away with that and um, our vox pop was such that we don't add names it's just what the person is saying so okay so that you say vox, vox pops yes vox pop so it's just like um, just audio recordings ask a question and they ask a question yeah okay. so um vox pops are just a collection of voices oh yeah. okay yeah collection of voices so that's what we would do and it made for you know good content because everyone had a different view 
people would say the craziest things <laughs> and you know sometimes the tamest things and then we would intersperse it with some music and you know as a producer it was my work to make sure you know it all sounded great then covid hit and mm. we were like okay vox pops requires the host interacting with you know people yeah. and this is covid <laughs> what are we going to do right yeah so we had to evolve so what we what we decided on which is the current format we have for the show right now is um we decided we'll take in um letters listener letters from our listeners so we encourage them to send us letters which they send through our twitter um dms okay. about like uh, a situation they might be facing or something they are going through that they wanted to talk about or get advice from from our host so yeah we i mean when we started we had for us it was like will people respond you know it's getting a bit personal how would people take this would they be able to send in letters for us to you know read and talk about then we decided okay we are going to make it anonymous so just like our okay. box pops we are not going to mention your name or trace it back to you or anything mm-hmm. as soon as we put out okay this is our new format we had we were inundated with so many letters we were so surprised so really? yeah through the dms like sometimes i i'm, I'm privileged to have access to our twitter <laughs> yeah because sometimes um we have um oops hold on my headphone my earphone just oh yeah sorry so yeah sometimes we have um the gold coast reports that's the mothership it's like a podcast network that we are under um we have them controlling our social media sometimes but then when i have the time and then i access our essentially our craft twitter accounts i see some of the letters and it's interesting to me like people really have issues out there and they are trying to talk about it so sincerely akra has become that space that they know okay. when the letter comes through the hosts would you know read through it and give some commentary and some form of advice per his view you know yeah. and yeah people just enjoy that so that's our current format what are uh you talked about like first dates what's a first date like in akra what do people do <laughs> it depends on who you're going on a date with. i suppose so yeah yeah but hey people do like random stuff i've seen people take people to the movies i've seen people take people on a lot of dinner dates that much i can yeah. tell you ganians love food so yeah a lot of dinner dates um movies um yeah just picnics it's still food <laughs> yeah picnics i've seen that yeah going on a getaway you know uh yeah so definitely you're gonna see stuff in that region uh looking at some of the letters how does like the youth or the responses you see from ghana differ mm-hmm. from uh what you would experience in america <sighs> hmm Hmm, that's a good question actually. Or are they do they have mostly similar experiences? Well, there are some similar experiences. 
especially when it comes to you know relationship related you know letters and then the difference would be in the cultural eye with which mm. these individuals are looking at their situation okay you know so example um in the states i don't think anyone's mom or dad is saying you have to be married by age 30 or age 25 okay but in ghana culturally parents when you when you when you begin to hit 25 between 25 and 30 parents begin to nudge you like oh won't you introduce <laughs> us to your boyfriend or you know <laughs> yeah when are you trying to have kids like you know Ghanaian parents can't be like that so okay. you would get a letter like um you know where someone might say um 32 and i just found uh, like you know a good job i'm not trying to get married immediately but my parents are you know trying to nudge me to get married immediately what do i do even if they are saying they're going to pay for the wedding what do i do because i'm not ready mentally for that so in a letter like that because we understand cultural nuance because we are Ghanaian ourselves um the host you know tries to look at it from that angle sometimes yeah. we do get letters from Ghanaians in the diaspora who you know are looking at ghana with that diaspora lens i remember we had a letter one time where uh, there was a lady who lives in the UK and she was like, oh, she finds it easier befriending Ghanaian men when she comes home to Ghana. She finds it easier befriending Ghanaian men when she's on vacation in Ghana or in Accra than the Ghanaian ladies. So for her, she was asking, is that a thing or she's just going about it wrong because she would want to get to know some Ghanaian females and you know get to befriend them so letters like that are diaspora driven but then you have to also give them that Ghanaian-ness to suit and understand that oh this is someone who has you know that foreign influence so how do you educate them on how to you know get to be friends with a Ghanaian especially the Ghanaian women and how they view life as well so yeah. what, what was the uh, response to that? Is that like a common it? thing or like, <laughs> I feel like women, women uh, express to me that it's harder to find friends mm -hmm. uh, with women than it is like men. I don't know. If, I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard that before. Um, women, women no one should no one listening to this should take this the wrong way but <laughs> in the animal kingdom i view women as cats and men as dogs yeah. um dogs and i'll explain because you see when when you meet a dog the dog wants to come close to you wag its tail it's yeah. intrigued wants to be friendly yeah but cats would size you up they would take yeah. their time you know, before they cozy up to you. So for me, looking at both genders, I view women as cats and then men as dogs. Cats would, when, when a cat gets to know you, it would, you know, free itself yeah. up and get closer and all that. Yeah, so that's how I see it. So really, cut across, yes, I agree. It's women, between women, it's quite difficult to for them to become friends because they are sizing each other up, making sure, yeah. okay, is this, you know, is this something I want to do? Is this, but for mm -hmm. men, oh, 
please. We are just wagging our tail, <laughs> just ready to pounce. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that definitely is a difference. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so we're getting down to uh, last couple of questions for you before we head out. Uh, yeah. If someone is visiting Accra, what what do you recommend they they do for their time there? Say like two days, two or three days. Two or three days. What do you for sure have to do in Accra? Okay. Um, before you go, remember you're going to the tropics. So please get your yellow fever shots, get your anti-malaria pills, and yeah, a lot of sunscreen. But then <laughs> when you get there um i'll say for your first day make sure you clear most of the historical sites and nature sites so Kakum park the castles the slave castles visit them those are out of Accra. those are in the central region it's like a two and a half hour drive from the capital wait so these are uh these are historic sites you said yeah so cape coast castle um elmina castle um yeah and then there are nature sites like the Kakum National Park. And then there's the uh, Ibri Botanical Gardens. So the first three I mentioned, the castles and the Kakum are mm -hmm. in the central region. That's like a two and a half hour, two hour drive okay. from the capital Accra. But then the Ibri um, Botanical Garden is like, say, an hour, 30 minutes from the capital, depending on traffic. So definitely on your first day, make sure you clear that out of the way. Then on your second day, experience Accra nightlife. Just okay. go out there and have fun. Just go to all the spots as I put them, um, go to the bars, meet people, enjoy the food, like just have fun, enjoy Accra nightlife. And then on your third day, rest up and then buy souvenirs. So, um, you know, some Ghanaian clothes, some Ghanaian beads, jewelry, you know, experience Accra during the day and then catch okay. a flight and return. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that awesome. Uh, what was the national park you said? Kakum, K-A-K-U-M. Yeah. I'm looking at, there's another one. Uh, I'm looking at Google Maps. Digya National Park. Have you been there? Spell it out. D-I-G-Y-A National Park. Where is it located? Uh, east. Oh, well, that kinda... might be one of the smaller ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's a good, yeah. that's a good itinerary. What are, what do people, what's like the the food dish that people eat the most? Um, if you hate carbs. <laughs> I love them, good. so I'm in good shape. Okay. Hey, you look good. But yeah, definitely a lot of um, carbs. So fufu, fufu is like a pounded um, yam, cassava, plantain, like any type of tuba um, that is pounded is fufu. Okay. And then we, we usually goes with soups. Um, yeah, so they're different, like a whole variety of soups. So okay. there's that. Um, then there's the famous Ghanaian jollof, which the Nigerians would fight you tooth and nail to say 
DS is better, but I mean, we all <laughs> we all are in agreement secretly <laughs> that Ghanaian jollof is the best. Um, so it's gelato, jollof, J O L L O F. Yes. Okay. That's the whole war on jollof as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everyone in West Africa is trying to claim that jollof is the best, but so what is it? Is it like all. a dessert or is it? It's a main dish. So okay. it's um it's main it's basically um rice with tomato sauce mixed together. Okay. And yeah, it gives the rice this orangey look and then um it's flavored. So the spices the spiced the kind of um protein that is added to it, the veggies and how it's cooked is what makes the difference. So we would have Nigerian jollof, Ghanaian jollof, Senegalese. Jollof, Sierra Leonean jollof, Liberian jollof. Yeah, so it's it's a dish that cuts across West Africa, but everyone cooks it different and okay. adds different protein and vegetables and different spices to it. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my last question for you. Okay. What's something you're curious about recently? Something I'm curious about recently. Yeah speaking in general in general what's on your mind (sighs) well um i'm curious about a lot of things um for me my my thought pattern spans from space things to do with science um you know with this whole covid situation um you know how they were able to quickly come up with the vaccine which was which is good for all of us if you ask me um space you know black holes and curious about how close is the closest the closest black hole to earth should we be worried <laughs> yeah and then all the way down to music um for me heaviest among is among this is music and specifically music to do with my people because mm-hmm. I'm what 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 baffles me a bit is how we are like a, a root for a lot of music in West Africa but somehow we are not able to properly market it such that we can go toe to toe with the Nigerians because almost mm-hmm. every single mega star Nigerian artist when they release music the first stop is Ghana so oh, once okay. you get to Ghana and the Ghanaians fall in love with the music, you yeah. know it's a hit. So we yeah. are like a testing ground for a lot of music, not just from the continent, but especially from the Nigerians. So if we are revered in this, you know, light, then how come we as a people are not able to properly market our music to the world? and back to Nigerians in a way that, you know, it's reciprocal. It, it, it feels like, okay, we get that notoriety for what we do for the music on the West African coast. So yeah, wow. that's the main thing, but my curiosity spans across not just music. Well, you're a critical thinker, as uh, you've mentioned earlier. <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on today, Kwame. This has been so much fun. I appreciate this. You're always welcome. And it was great talking to you. I'm still shook, (laughs) as they would say, by uh, 
you reaching out because um, before you reached out, I hadn't heard about your podcast, but after you reached out, I did listen to it and I did um, find it very interesting, right? Just keep doing what you're doing because for an American to actually just, you know, wing it and look for people out there to talk about their culture and record it, you know, I feel like one day in the future, there might come a time where someone who doesn't know anything might just pick your podcast and learn a lot, you know, about cultures, different cultures out there, not just what they read or hear on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Uh, hear it from the people that live there and have experienced it firsthand. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Of yeah. course. Well, thank you so much again. This has been fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Kwame on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Asante. With the rest of your day, do something or hang out with people that make you feel alive and cheerful.